Hello, and thank you for tuning in to The Gathering Church, a place of grace. Sit back, relax, and listen in. Trembling hands and a shaky stance. A woman who should rest for her days are numbered. Look again. Look again. Look deeper. I see a woman with experience. A woman who sacrificed. A woman with pain. A story deep running through her veins. I see a woman who used her back to shelter you from falling blocks. I see a woman whose eyes are tired, whose back is bent whose hands are bruised from working for you, whose knees are bruised from praying for you. I see a woman with pain, with wounds, with hurts. I see a woman, I see a mother who's lost the child. I see a mother who's raised the child. One, two, six children. I see a mother who prays for her family, for her husband, for her children. I see my mother I see your mother, your mother, your mother. I see our mothers. I see a woman who has your best interest at heart. I see a woman who wants more for you than you want for yourself. I see a mother who is proud of her children. I see a mother who wants you to be loved, happy, healthy, prosperous, God-fearing, generous, at peace, free, and respected. I see a mother who overcomes by the blood of the Lamb. I see a mother 
who would do it all again in a moment's notice. I have asked you, what do you see when you look at me? Now here's what I see when I look at you. I see a congregation that needs to mend broken relationships. I see a congregation that needs to embrace its mothers. If she is no longer here, keep her memories alive through the stories you tell your children and your grandchildren. I see a husband who needs to appreciate his wife. I see a husband who needs to keep his eyes on the prize, the mother of his children. I see a woman, a woman who needs to know that her strength, her beauty, her worth is not determined by men. I see a woman who needs to take her place, be all she can be. I see a mother who needs to hear, thank you. I see a mother who needs to hear, I love you. Take care of me. I have taken care of you. Finally, I see a mother who wants you to see her for who she really is, who sees you for who you really are, a gift, a gift from God. I get them up here, please. Praise God. Could all the mothers stand in the house? Could we just applaud them for all that they do? For continuing to stand strong? For continuing to pray and believe God? Amen. We love you. We love you. We love you. Powerful words, Sister Rhonda. God bless you for sharing that with us. Ooh, this is a lot more powerful. <laughs> Amen. I know Mother's Day on the calendar is only one day. But you know what? It's really every day. And so take that opportunity to really say thank you. Take that opportunity to say I love you. Take that opportunity to say I remember you. Because during those moments, you realize that we're not going to be here forever. And so we can't take those moments for granted. So um, I just want to say 
God bless you guys today for coming out to the house of the Lord. Give yourselves a hand. Hallelujah. You know, you could have stayed at home and lounged on the couch, but you decide to come out and say, Lord, what it is, what is it that you have to say to me today? And um, I just want you to know today that you are not forgotten. God has not forgotten you. Uh, many times we, we go through situations and because certain dreams or certain things that we believe in God for doesn't come to pass, we tend to think that God has forgotten us. And, um, you know, when I was, I woke up Monday morning and I said, Lord, I have to preach on Sunday. What do you have to say to these women? But at the same time, I said, Lord, you know, you and I have some things that we kind of need to talk about. And as my husband, he woke up early that morning, and um, sometimes when I'm up, he's not up, but somehow he was up that morning. And we just began to talk and began to pray, and, and um, he began to share a portion of Scripture. And as we were doing that, I opened my mouth to share my experience with him. And the words that came out of my mouth were, you know, honey, I said, in spite of everything that happened in the new year, well, coming close to the end of last year, early in the new year, I said, God was still in it because the message to me was he did not forget me. And, you know, a lot of times people would look at the other end of the spectrum, but for me, it was God reminding me that he remembered the promise and the prayers. He remembered the dreams. He remembered every single conversation that my husband and I had. And so just him allowing me to be able to hold that baby in my womb for one going on two months was enough to remind me that he did not forget. And so with us, I'm not sure where you are this morning and what dreams or what path you're taking, but whatever it is, wherever it is that you're going or whatever it is that you're believing God for, I want you to know that you are not forgotten. Hallelujah. And so the Lord actually uh, took me to the book of Genesis, chapter 29. And Sister Rhonda did such an awesome job at talking about what do you see when you look at me as a mother. And so in Genesis 29, I'm not sure if you know the story of Jacob, but Rebecca was the mother of Jacob. And she had another son by the name of Esau. They were both twins. And so the wonderful thing about this was, see, Rebecca realized that there was actually contention in the camp between the brothers because Jacob had deceived Esau and took his birthright. And so as a result, instead of having her son being killed, she actually said, you know what? At this point in time, I'm going to send you away. And so she spoke to Isaac and she said, I think you need to send him away because I don't want him to marry any of the women here. See, there, was, there were women in the land, but there were strange women. 
And as a mother, one of the things that you want is you want your son or your daughter to marry someone who has their best interests at heart. You want them to marry someone who believes in the same God. You want them to marry someone who's going to take them and believe in the dreams and the visions God has put inside of them. And so as a result, she said, send him away. Because I don't want him to marry any of the Hittite women, lest I die. She didn't want to hear that. And so when it comes to our mothers, they do want the best for us. After they've traveled on this road called life, they know how cruel life could be. They know the wonders of life, but also they know that there are dangers when it comes to uniting with someone else. And so, in her wisdom, she sent her son on his journey to seek his uncle, Laban. Laban. And so we see Laban here in Genesis 29. And the thing that happens is that Laban had two daughters. He had one daughter, which was the oldest daughter. Her name was Leah. Leah was, you know, she was, she, was, she was all right, you know. They said that her eyes were weak. Weak could be delicate. Weak could be dull. But her eyes were weak. Whereas with Rachel, Rachel was a younger sister, and she was more beautiful and, beautiful and eye-catching. Okay, she, she, she had everything. She was a bag of chips, and a McDonald's meal on the side. Okay? She had it going on. She was beautiful. And so, of course, here we had Jacob. And the first person he meets, who do you think he meets? He actually meets Rachel at the well. And meeting her at the well, he fell in love with her. But... There were a lot of other things that were going to unfold that he did not know of. And so you had this young lady who also fell in love with Jacob. But the thing about it was there was a tradition or a custom that they had to follow in the land. Laban, though he was his uncle, he welcomed him. But Laman also had his own thoughts and ideas about what was supposed to happen. He had his own plan of action. You know, he wanted to marry off his daughters. So he said, of course, making Jacob feel like a million bucks, what greater man would be honorable to take my daughter? But you, a relative. And of course, you know, Jacob feeling good about himself as a young man, of course me. He said, well, you know what? Being that you're here and you're working, you're going to stay with me and you're going to be working, why don't you work seven years and I'll give you the daughter? Jacob agreed. Rachel was beautiful to him. He was so in love with her that he said he worked seven years and it felt like days to him. Have you ever been in love with that, like that? Where it's just been like, you know, years and years, and it just feels like a couple of days? Like, I can't believe it. 
You know, it's going to be 10 years for my husband and I in September. And sometimes it's like, man, 10 years, where did time go? Seems like time just flies when you're in love. Only married people say amen. All right now. All the single people say, I'm holding on. (laughs) Hallelujah. Yes, hold on to Jesus. And so the amazing thing about this is that um, as we keep on reading, there are a lot of things that unfold where after seven years was up, Jacob came back to, to Laban and said, all right, I'm ready to take Rachel as my wife. Laban was no fool. He knew that the two were in love. However, somebody had to marry Leah. And Leah was the oldest one. So, of course, what do you think he did? On the day that Jacob was to be married, they snuck Leah in and got her dressed as his bride. Took her into the chamber after Jacob said, I do, so that he could consummate the marriage. Only to wake up the next morning, looked at the woman he made love to, and said, oh my God, it's not Rachel, it's Leah. What in the world is going on here? What do you think? So he ran out. I said, hold it, hold it, hold it, Laban, hold it. What's going on? Where's, where, where's my wife? Where's Rachel? You were supposed to give me Rachel. He said, <laughs> you know, you, 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 come on now. Come on, come on, Jacob. Come on, Jacob. You got to be smarter than that. And, you know, Jacob was a deceiver. He had deceived his brother before. And now he himself was being deceived. And so in Genesis 29, verse 26, it says, as a matter of fact, I'm going to go back to 25. It says, when morning came, there was Leah. So Jacob said to Laban, what is this you've done to me? I served you for Rachel, didn't I? Why have you deceived me? Laban replied, it is not our custom here to give the younger daughter in marriage before the older one. Finish this daughter's bridal week. Then we'll give you the younger one also in return for another seven years of work. Wow. It sounds like Jacob got pimped. Yes. Now he had to work for his uncle seven more years for the woman he loved. And not only did he have to work seven years, but now he has to take care of another wife that he didn't want. And here she is, innocent. Innocent. Going, God, I didn't ask for this. But I'm stuck with a man who loves another woman. And now she has to deal with the frustration and the competition that she didn't ask for. But because of tradition, she was married 
into it. And so here we have Rachel, the one who was really in love with Jacob. And now her heart is torn and broken. The relationship she had with her sister before most likely was beautiful. We don't hear any contention before. You hear no drama. It was peaceful in the house, Brother Willie. They did their thing. Sisterhood was tight. Talked to each other. But all of a sudden, this drama unfolds. And it says, if we jump down, it says in verse 28, And Jacob did so. He finished the week with Leah, and then Laban gave him his daughter Rachel to be his wife. Laban gave his servant girl, Bela, to his daughter Rachel as her, serv- her, her maidservant. Jacob lay with Rachel also, and he loved Rachel more than Leah. And he worked for Laban another seven years. When the Lord saw that Leah was not loved, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. Sometimes things happen in our lives, and we don't know why they happen. But God is still in the midst of it. Leah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Reuben. For she said, it is because the Lord has seen my misery. Surely my husband will love me now. Ladies, a baby will not keep a man. Sometimes we think, if I just have his child, then he'll stay with me. But to be quite honest, If he didn't love you in the first place, he's going to walk out on you. He's going to leave you. So beware of the competition for the man's heart that you're after. If he loves you, that's one thing. But if he's in love with another, leave him alone. Leah conceived again. And when she gave birth to a son, she said, because the Lord had heard that that I am not loved, he gave me this one too. So she named him Simeon. God has a way of showing us his love. Even when we miss out on the love, it could be of a parent, it could be the love of a mate. God has a way of revealing to us how much he loves us. And so his way was to open Leah's womb so that she can conceive children who would actually show her the love that she was missing in her marriage. That was God's way of doing it. See, Leah was, was so attached that she was, she was still seeking that love from her husband as it was due her as a wife. She should have gotten that love. But because daddy got involved and daddy put his hand in the mix and started working things out for his own good, now she's in a jacked up situation. And sometimes as parents, we have to take our hands out. Sometimes we have to pull our hands away and allow God to do what he's going to do. 
I bet you if they would just have waited that somebody would have married Leah after a while, God would have sent somebody. But he said, let me just get the show on the road. Let me just help God out a little bit more. Let me speed up the process. And so now Leah was stuck. And she had to share her husband with her sister. And so she kept bearing children and bearing children. And of course, it provoked jealousy in Rachel. And so in, verse, in, in chapter 30, verse 1, it says, When Rachel saw that she was not bearing Jacob any children, she became jealous of her sister. So she said to Jacob, Give me children or I'll die. Look at somebody and say, don't get jealous. Don't get jealous. Because God is blessing me in my life and, and, and he's doing great things. Listen, you, that's between you and God, whatever's happening with you. But don't get jealous because of my blessing. And so God's hands was on Leah. But Rachel didn't realize that God's hand was also on her. And so she began to become envious. And as a result, she started putting pressure on her husband. As if he could control it. Sometimes, you know, if you don't do this, then I'm not going to hold it. I'm not the one in control. And so Jacob's response, he became very angry with her and said, Am I in place of God who has kept you from having children? All of a sudden, we have a woman who's trying to get her husband to work this problem out that's not even his problem. She was the one who was barren. Not Jacob. Jacob's seed was fine. But at the same time, she was asking Jacob to take care of a situation that he didn't have control over. And sometimes as women, we have to make sure that we go back to God and deal with God about the situations. Because sometimes we can frustrate the people around us because of what's going on with, with us. But if you don't, come on now, how long is it going to take you? But it has nothing to do with them. God's hand is in it. And so we have to make sure that we go back to God and present our requests before him. And give him whatever it is that's burdening us. Because at this point, now she complicated the situation. Not only is she envious or jealous, but now... Here she comes up with her own solution. Isn't that amazing how we just get creative when we become desperate? And so here you have Rachel who now says, you know what, Jacob, I got it. I have a solution for you. Then she said, here is Bilah, verse 3, my maidservant. Sleep with her so that she can bear children for me and that through her I too can build a family. Whoa. You have a problem with me marrying your sister, but now you're going to give me to another woman. How crazy is that? 
she's already having some issues. But now she's going to make the matter worse by giving her husband to another woman. And you know what? Sometimes we allow ourselves to go by tradition and custom rather than what is wise and right. And so, here, Jacob, instead of refusing and saying no, gives in and says yes. He had a choice to make the decision. But he was no different from his grandfather, Abraham. Something was going on in the lineage. Sometimes we, we, we fail to look backwards to, to, to figure out what the deficits are in our family so that we can move forward and not make the same mistakes. And so here we had Jacob, and Jacob actually went, wait a minute. You know what? Okay. I'll sleep with her. And you know, the amazing thing is Rachel thought that was God blessing her. Isn't that crazy? We put matters, we take matters into our own hands and then call it God. We have to be very careful that we don't go ahead of God in situations that are not working out or doesn't seem to be working out for us at that time. It says, then Rachel said in verse 6, God has vindicated me. He has listened to my plea and given me a son. Because of this, she named him Dan. Really, Rachel? God has done this? It sounds more like Rachel has done this. Rachel has, has vindicated her sister. She's vindicated herself by causing or giving away her maidservant. And so we want to be very careful. Be careful of, of not only jealousy or envy, but we also have to be very careful of desperation. Desperation will kill the vision and the dream that God has for us. It will bring consequences that we, unnecessary consequences that we don't need in the future. It will bring us more problems than solutions. And so, because of her anxiety, because of her stress, she has not only stressed out her husband, but now he has more mouths to feed. Philippians 4, 6-7 reminds us, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, see, she could have gotten God's peace, but she chose not to make her request known. She chose to be frustrated and anxious about it. But if she chose to just seek God, then the peace of God would have come upon her. It would have transcended her understanding and it would have guarded her heart and her mind and ordered her steps so that she would not have gotten herself entangled in this web of confusion. And so now you have Rachel... And Leah in a baby-making contest. 
They enrolled and got enlisted. And so both women failed to realize that God was displaying his love to them in so many different ways because what they wanted, they did not tangibly have. And so let's, be, let's make sure that we continue to open our eyes to the way that God is displaying his love for us and not look at what we don't have. Because sometimes we put our eyes on what we don't have rather than what God has given to us. And so here we have it. We have an uncle who was enjoying the entire thing. Through the 14 years, here he was, laid back. His children are taken care of. His grandchildren are being fed. Hey, all I've got to worry about is me. Jacob's doing all the work. I don't have to worry about a thing. So he kicks his feet up and just lets it go. But, see, the thing about it is, not only was there something going on in terms of the patriarchal line, but there was something also going on in the matriarch line. Sarah was the grandmother of Jacob. She was barren, if you remember the story, before she gave birth to Isaac. But she gave her maidservant, Hagar, to Abraham. And again, you have the conflict in the family. Then you had Isaac, who had Rebekah. Rebekah was also barren. See, we don't realize that. It was a generational thing. She was also barren. And so as a result, see, Isaac did the smart thing. He didn't take to himself another wife. He took his request to God along with his wife. And so as a result, after waiting time and time and time passed, and it passed and it passed, then eventually she conceived. What promise are you waiting on? To conceive. What promise are you waiting on to be manifested? Have you given up and and found other creative ways to go around it and that, that you're justifying? Beware of the enemy's deception. Jacob got a dose of his own medicine. The injustice that he did to his brother came back to him. And so now he had to deal with it. But in the you know, one one of the things is that Jacob was also a hard worker, and God really dealt with his heart after he deceived his brother. So Jacob really became a changed man. He really did. He worked hard. He, he, he had goals and desires that were, that were important to him. And he didn't mind working for them or waiting on them. 
because he realized it was worth it. He, wor- he, 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 he waited on Rebecca. I'm sorry, Rachel. Rebecca was his mother. He waited on Rachel. And if he had to put in the 14 years, 14 years it was. And you know what? As women, we have to realize that we are worth it. We're worth the time that the men put in to get us. We're worth it. Amen, ladies? Amen. So guess what? If he don't want to wait, then maybe he need to get the step in because he's not the one. All right? So, hey, hey, if, if, if my goal is to graduate before I get married, then you got to wait. And if you don't want to wait, then it's on you. And many of us have goals. We have dreams. And whatever that goal is that God has placed in your heart, you voice that to the young men that will come your way, ladies, single ladies. And you, you, you make that known when you meet them. And if they decide that they don't want to wait, you know what? Let them go. Let them get the stepping. Because they're not the one. If they won't wait for you now, they won't wait for you later. They'll take care of themselves when they get bored with you. Can the church say amen? All right. That's the reality. So let them wait. Let them learn now rather than later. You don't want to spoil them now and then expect them to do right later. Because they're not going to do it. Okay? Hallelujah. Habakkuk 2.3 says, For the vision or the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it lingers, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. A lot of times when we want something the most, patience is the hardest thing that we have to hold on to. Being patient is not easy when you want something real bad. But the thing about it is that patience is the key to achieving those goals that you have in mind. So wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he's going to strengthen your heart. Because it's coming. Whatever you believe in God for, your healing, it's coming. Now, it might not look the way you want it to look, but it's coming. It might not sound, or you might not hear what you want to hear in regards to your loved ones, but God is going to answer. The answer is coming. Wait patiently on God, and he will give you the desires of your heart, which means he's going to give you what's best for you. He's going to work out what's best in the situation. So make sure that, once again, number one, you look at the potential consequences for your actions When you find yourself in a moment of despair and you find yourself in a moment of frustration in regards to your goals and your visions, make sure you really think about the consequences of what you're about to do and how they will affect you and affect those around you. Sometimes we just do things. You know, on on Friday I was burnt out, okay? And (laughs) I said to Pastor, we had an interesting evening. Um, I said to Pastor, I was like, look, I said, I don't want to go home. I was like, I want to go everywhere else but home. 
I'll go to the movies. I just want to go somewhere. And it didn't matter in my head anymore how much I was going to pay. It was just, I just don't want to go home. <laughs> it was, let's hang out. Let, let's just take a breather. Let's go. The moment of desperation. The goals that I have came back to my mind, but it didn't even matter at that time. It was impulse. At that point in time, I don't care. Let's spend the money on the movie. I don't care. Let's spend the money on the hotel. Come on now. Impulse. And there are going to be moments when you, when you hit a low point and you're going to become impulsive. It's going to be there. You're going to get that itch. You know, and that itch, if, if, if you're not careful, it would lead you down a path where you end up in a deficit or you end up in debt. So you have to beware of the itch. They say after you've been married seven years, you get a seven-year itch. Sometimes it happens at three years. You're ready to trade that partner in. Come on now. That's the reality. And then you have to really stop. Drop and roll and remember, Lord. Yes, God, this is the spouse that you have given to me. God, I thank you. Thank you, Lord God, that he's not running around, that she's not running around, God, but they're faithful. God, I thank Come on now. Lord, I thank, I, I thank you, Lord God, that they're honest, Lord Jesus. They, they won't, there's nothing that they won't tell me, God. I thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, every day may not be heaven, but God, I thank you. Come on. That's the reality of it. You have to remind yourself of the good thing that you have. The faithful thing that God has given to you. Because those itches will come. Temptation will come. But you have to beware of the enemy's devices. And when you're aware of the enemy's devices, then you can arm yourself. And begin to speak back about the promises that God has given to you. And when you begin to do that, then you're able to hold on and say, okay, God, I can hold on longer. Yes, that's when your strength starts coming to you. Your help comes down from above. And you say, yes, God. Lord, I thank you. And before you know it, that moment of that itch, it disappears. It dissipates. But the enemy's goal is to get you when you're in that desperate moment. When you're scratching and you're going, oh, Lord, I just want that. Oh, God, I just want something different. Oh, God, can I? Can I? Would I? And so... The enemy wants you to grab hold to the illusion, but don't do it. Pull back and show restraint. Get down on your knees and remember what God has spoken. And when you do that, I guarantee you that it won't linger, but it will come to pass. It may be delayed, but it will come to pass. It lingers, but wait for it. Sometimes an hour time clock is delayed, but for God, it's on time. So just know that God will always be on time. And you know, don't make the mistake that Rachel did. She began to compare her sister's um, success or wealth to her own. And sometimes we could say, but look at them. Oh, look, come on now, God. Can you... Can you speed this up? I mean, like, come on. 
spot. They just went to Hawaii. Why well, can't go to Hawaii too? The Lord says, you're not there yet. When you get there, then you, you go to Hawaii. But right now, you got, you got to be content in whatever state you find yourself. Hallelujah. You know, but sometimes what happens is we begin to create strife between our sisters. Because mm-hmm, she always get her hair done. Always got her nails done. Maybe I need to go get my nails done. My hair done did. You know, because um, this is ridiculous. Now, you want to look good, but if you're going to go broke when you do it, you need to put yourself in check. Because there's some envy or some jealousy going on. And that's real. They said, check yourself before you wreck yourself. You got to check yourself. Because sometimes those are the little things that start dwelling on the inside, that start spurring up. And, and then before you know it, it starts, you start harboring bitterness and all kinds of other stuff against your sisters and your brothers. I'm going to bring the brothers in too. But you, all that stuff starts festering. And then you start creating issues that didn't need to be issues. You know what? Let them be an inspiration. Praise God. You know what? Let me rejoice with you. Girl, your hair looks so cute. Oh, I like that on you, girl. Let me find out. Getting your nails done. Oh, I like that color. What color that? Oh, I like that. All right. You've got to rejoice. If you don't rejoice with your sisters, if you don't rejoice with your brothers, guess what? All of a sudden you start envying and coveting what they have. So make sure that you rejoice with them. Take the time to rejoice. And then make your request. You know, when you go in your closet, you make your request known to God. Yes. But you help them to get where they got to go. And guess what? God will help you to get where you got to go. But we got to make sure that we keep our hearts right. Keep our hearts right before God. And as you keep your heart right before God, I guarantee you that he will answer you. God will actually use situations that, that, that where people mistreat you and, and all kinds of stuff is happening. God will use it, and he'll make you prosperous in the midst of it. Let me tell you, God, with Jacob, you, we could, oh, well, too bad, Jacob. You done messed up. That's it. It's over. All right, Rachel, you done gave your maid servant away. Same thing with Leah, because she did the same thing, too, after she had the kids. How much more babies do you want? I mean, it was crazy. They were baby popping all over the place. It was crazy. But God actually took their circumstances, and he turned it around. With Jacob, guess what? He ended up getting his freedom. God made this man so prosperous. Whatever he put his hands to, I mean, the goats were just, uh, they were blooming. They were reproducing like crazy. But see, there was also a blessing on his bloodline. His grandfather, Abraham, was a man of wealth. He had many servants and land was plentiful. And that's what got passed down to Jacob, despite all the other issues that got passed down to him. See, there are blessings also in our bloodline that goes on for generations. 
And so you also have Rebecca. And the amazing thing about Rebecca was even after they did all this stuff and she created all this mess, in verse 22, it says, then God, look at somebody and say, then God. God is still in the equation. He was watching all along. Now it's his time to operate, his time to work. Then God remembered Rachel. He listened to her and opened her womb. All along, God, you mean to tell me you're going to open my womb and I went through all of this? Yes. Wait on the Lord. But the question is, how are we waiting? Are we waiting impatiently? Are we waiting with jealousy? Are we waiting with, de- with deception? How are we waiting? Are we waiting with faith? She lost faith. And we see it through her actions. Don't lose faith. In the midst of, of your dream coming to pass, in the midst of your requests that you're putting before God, God meeting that request, don't lose heart. Because he will answer it in its appointed time. There are no limits with God. God's power is not limited to people playing fear. It's not limited to our own abilities or our own needs. God will move past all of that. All of that. But we have to make sure that we refuse to begin to revenge our own selves. Sometimes we want to we, 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 we say, you know what? I want to take vengeance into my hands. God, I want to, it's not fear. I want to make it fear today. But God, he said, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. He will repay. And when he repays, I tell you, nobody can repay like God repays. So hold on to faith. Believe God and it will come to pass. Amen? Amen. So I leave the scripture with you in Isaiah 41, verse 9. It says, you are my servant. I have chosen you. I have not rejected you. Sometimes you might feel rejected, but God has not rejected you. He remembers you today. He remembers all the prayers, all the moments that you shared with him. He remembers them. And he, he bottles the tears. He, he, he knows about all the desires. He knows about those moments when, 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 when you're burning and you're, and you're like, God. He knows. But hold on to faith today. And I guarantee you, God will release you from whatever disgrace. Whatever disgrace may, may try to come upon you. Because sometimes we feel disgrace. See, what was happening with, 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 with Rachel was that she was feeling disgraced as a woman. Not having babies was a disgrace during that time. Because as a woman, you were meant to reproduce. You, 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 were, you were seen and they were like, you should be. You should be. You should be married by now. Really? Who said that? Did the Bible say that? Did I don't remember the Bible putting the age limit on marriage. Did, 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 did anybody see anything in the back? Hey. 
my now y'all should have had kids. You know how many times I heard that? Throughout my 10 years of marriage. And I look at people and I say, well, I'm waiting on God. I'm waiting on God. And they look at me real strange like, well, no, y'all. No, baby. We're doing what we have to do. We're waiting on God. And sometimes people don't understand that waiting process. See, because it's a personal place. It's an intimate place. Where God meets you because he says, now, I I don't want you to depend on your strength. See, you can't work this thing out. You, You can't manipulate the situation. I have to move if it's going to happen. And when we find ourselves in that place, that's when we start finding out what's really on the inside of us. Because all that stuff starts surfacing. The things that you said you'll never do, you start thinking about all of a sudden. Oh, I'll never do that. No, don't don't say never. Because when you find yourself in that predicament, trust me, you start thinking outside the box. And you start justifying all kinds of things that don't make sense. But his grace is sufficient for you. I'm not sure where you are today, but if there's some things that you, you're waiting on God for, and you're, you, you're, you're like, Lord, don't put me to shame. Don't put, Lord, don't disgrace me. God, I feel like the world and and men, Lord God, will point fingers and say, where is is he? Where is she? Where are the children? Whatever it is, if you're saying, Pastor, that's me. I'm waiting on God. I want you to stand to your feet. God is not going to reject you. He has not forgotten you. He hasn't forgotten. Everything is written down in heaven. You just keep on standing. Keep on believing. No matter how much that itch comes, you keep on surrendering to him. And it shall come to pass. We're going to pray a prayer of faith. Hallelujah. We believe you, God, today. It's a new season. It's a new day. Can we just declare it for a minute? Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord God, for their lives. 
We thank you, Lord God, for the strength that you're empowering them with, Lord Jesus. God, you know, Lord Jesus, what happens in the midnight hour, Lord God. You know the highs and you know the lows. Father, we ask today, Lord Jesus, that you would just continue to comfort them. That you will continue to position them, Lord God, for the promise that you have in store for them. Father, we pray that they will not grow faint, Lord. Help us, Lord God, to continue to press into you. Father, we touch, Lord God. We want to touch that hem. We're touching that hem of your garment today, Lord Jesus. In those areas, Lord God, because we want to be made whole. In our hearts, in our bodies, in our minds, in our emotions, we want to be made whole. In our families, Lord God, we want to be made whole. God, there's some prayer requests, Lord Jesus, that we're believing you for, Lord God. We've been putting before you over and over and over again. Help us not to grow weary, Lord Jesus, in well-doing. Because you said we'll reap if we faint not today. So, Father, we will put our hands to the plow and not look back. We will continue to sow seeds of faith. We will continue, Lord God, to stand on your promises, which are yea and amen, Lord God. And we come against the enemy who will try to lie in our ears, Lord God. That's, that, that, Father, he will try to say it's dead, it's over, it's done with. We bind that voice in the name of Jesus. And we believe, Lord God, what the report, Lord God, that you have declared, Lord. And the report, Lord God, is a report that's good. A report that comes only from you. And we will receive, Lord God, whatever the results may be today. Grant us the patience that we need. Even now, God, we thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. You continue to extend it, God. Help us to continue to receive it. In the name of Jesus. God, as this song wrapped me in your arms earlier, Lord Jesus, Father, we want you to continue to wrap us in your arms. Help us not to let go of you, but to continue to stand on what you've spoken. So, Father, we we rid our hearts, oh God, of jealousy. We rid our hearts of envy. We rid our hearts, Lord God, Father, of deception, Lord God. We rid our hearts, Lord God, of control. And even, Father, insecurities. There's some insecurities that will come, God. But we put them at your feet. And we thank you today for continuing to make us whole. In Jesus' name, we thank you.